Welcome to Gone Fishing, a show diving into the cybersecurity threats that surround our highly connected lives. Human vulnerability is almost completely ignored in the security awareness space. But why is that? Every human is different. Every person has unique vulnerabilities that expose them to potentially successful social engineering. It's time to change the focus and bring it back to the human factor. On this show, we'll discuss human vulnerability and how it relates to unique individuals. Assessing the constantly evolving human risk is how we make our company safer and more secure. I'm Connor Swalm, CEO of FinSecurity, and welcome to Gone Fishing. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. It is your host, Connor, CEO at FinSecurity, and welcome to another episode of Gone Fishing. We have a friend of mine, Brian Mahone, back on the podcast again. He is a cyber insurance expert, which is everyone's favorite topic, right? And today we're going to talk about the future of cyber insurance. Brian, how are you? I'm great. Happy to talk about cyber insurance. One of my favorite topics. How are you, Connor? You're one of maybe seven people that would be happy to talk about cyber insurance. Basically, I'm, yeah, the the 1% of the 1% in the insurance industry that's like, yeah, people getting hacked. Hey, uh, you know, there's eight something billion people on this planet. One person's thing that the, you know, gets them up in the morning has to be cyber insurance. It might as well be you. Why not? you? Yeah, basically. Awesome. So I believe this is your third episode that you're on with us. Yeah. And uh, in previous episodes, we talked about, you know, common misconceptions. We talked about what is cyber insurance in general? Why is it such a young industry compared to other forms of insurance? And today we're talking about the future of cyber insurance. And I kind of hinted at it, I guess, on our last episode. But is the federal government going to get involved in cyber insurance? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, they're they're investigating it, right? So the the Biden administration has been taking cybersecurity and their cybersecurity strategy pretty seriously, uh, as a, I guess opposed to previous administrations. Um, and you know, this isn't, I guess, super uncommon. Uh, you might have heard of FEMA, uh, the uh, what is it, flood disaster relief? Yeah, disaster relief. You're gonna test my acronym um, memory. Uh, you know, Medi- Medicare and Medicaid are, in, you know, insurance uh, government programs. And if you think about, uh, you know, another dark time in, in United States history, 9-11, uh, you know, George Bush very quickly um, with, you know, full support uh, of everybody else um, in government at the time passed what we refer to as TRIA, the Terrorism Risk Insurance Act. And a lot of, you know, MSPs or business owners might vaguely know of this because they have to either accept or reject TRIA when they buy property and casualty insurance, which, you know, 3% of their premiums goes into this, you know, federal program. And if there's another 9-11 and it, you know, ticks all the boxes of, um, you know, the, A, it's a big disaster. You know, we're talking hundreds of billions of dollars, you know, secretary of state or whoever agrees that it is a disaster. And the important uh, word is backstop, right? It's 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 not uh, you know the government coming in uh, at, at at the very initial, but we're talking you know insurance carriers going insolvent. Uh, bill, we're talking billion dollar cyber risk. So think of you know when you hear oh they're going to make a federal backstop for cyber insurance. I mean we're talking about like 
a solar winds type of data breach times five or times 10, you know, we're, we're talking about hopefully things that will never happen, but are smart to think about now proactively as if, you know, they may happen. Um, and, you know, obviously a lot of cyber crime or, or data breaches are often, you know, state backed or from, from, uh, you know, foreign, uh, yeah. governments, military or, or, or uh, hacker groups. So that's, you know, kind of where I think it makes sense for the government to at least consider it. Yeah. I, uh, I tell a lot of people that we live in a world where there are company, legitimate organizations funded by foreign governments within those borders where their entire mission statement, the quote unquote value they provide as a business is just stealing from us based companies by any means, which is usually cyber. Yeah, and they have call centers, and and they're they're pretty reputable. I mean, they want you to to pay, um, and and they will you know typically release the keys and take your money and go on about their business to to tax someone else. So, hmm. yeah, crazy world we live in. So it sounds like there's this backstop set up so that in the event that there is a super large, I'll just say natural disaster type event that people can still be made whole because the insurance carrier at that point would be completely incapable of, of helping. Or yes. Or not that they're incapable of helping, but they've helped as much Stupid. as they possibly could. Yeah. Um, That's they, what paid, they paid their fair share and, uh, um, you know, it, it's more of trying to get everybody back up and running. Um, and, and I mean, to make parallels, you know, we have the FDIC in Silicon Valley bank, yep. you know, just a couple months ago. So, you know, I'm I'm all about the train of thought that you know government uh, you know just wastes all of our money and then they're so incompetent and all of that. But at the same time, we you know created a lot of these programs for a reason. And uh, I think waiting until you know there's a solar winds times ten uh, is a bad idea. But you know maybe we will have have to wait just like nine eleven because then you've waited too long. Yeah. So. We have the federal government in the future in some capacity in your mind. Is there room for technology to disrupt the cyber insurance space? Yes. Everybody loves to talk about uh, insure tech is what we call it. So insure tech could be, you know, a digitally enabled insurance carrier or maybe just a software company trying to help people like me, agents and brokers. Uh, And there are a lot of them out there geared uh, towards cyber, cyber insurance, cybersecurity, cyber risk management. Um, so that's, that's been interesting to see, um, a couple of them, I'll, I'll I guess I'll, I'll, I'll talk about briefly if you don't mind, Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody hates cyber insurance applications, right? Oh, fill out this PDF and it's, you know, archaic and then you got to send it to the carrier, but then this carrier wants their own copy. Um, so it, a lot of people might've heard of APIs. Uh, was an ap- application programming interface, basically a fancy way for software to talk to each other, right? So yeah. it, to, to paint a parallel um, that people might have heard of, like Progressive, a, a car insurance company, they have something that they sell called Snapshot, basically telematics, right? So, you know, download the app on your phone, download the widget in your car, uh, and we have visibility into your driving. We know when you hard brake, we know when you speed, we know... You know, when you, I don't know, honk the horn a million times. Uh, but that is coming to cyber insurance. 
And it's, it's kind of interesting because, you know, if you don't have MFA or you're not doing, you know, fishing, fishing security awareness training monthly or quarterly, and you might not want to share that data with your cyber insurance carrier because you're not really, you know, a preferred risk. You're not taking IT control seriously, but maybe you'll share that with your trusted insurance advisor, your trusted, you know, uh, IT advisor, your MSP or your insurance agent, and let them, you know, review what you have in place and uh, go to go to carriers from there. Um, so, you know, in the future, Connor, you know, fill out this PDF is going away and hey, send this link to your, your IT guy or MSP. We don't need to ask you if you have you know, MFA or whatever, we know because you logged in with your Microsoft 365 account or your Sentinel One login or your whatever. Um, so we can automatically kind of pre-fill any carrier yeah. cyber insurance application 80% of the way. Um, so, even though we might not have it now, it sounds like in the future, the insured, us, we will be able to decide between, okay, do we want to give this data up maybe for reduction in premiums? Do you, do you see that's where it's going is like if we're more secure and we get people the trusted advisors the access to demonstrate that do you see that reducing premiums like in a not quid pro quo i'd never use that phrase but yeah i mean it's it's tantalizing right and i think if carriers can quantify the potential savings then then yes i mean someone who's been you know in three duis or whatever and their insurance can be $10,000, but they download, you know, the telematics, it might be $8,000. Uh, so extrapolate that into the cyber world. It, it's a big, it depends, unfortunately. Um, but a lot of business owners are, yeah, deciding, you know, do I invest in this IT widget or do I buy the cyber insurance or do I do both? And what's what's the trade-off and how does that affect my risk? Uh, so the same thing will happen, yeah, when it comes to insure tech. Um, on, on, a, on a less... I guess, sophisticated note. I mean, there are kind of universal cyber apps starting to come out that use kind of smart logic. So if you've ever, uh, similarly, when you buy something online, you know, you start typing in your name and it's like, oh, do you want me to autofill your your uh, address and your credit card information or whatever? Um, so when you click, no, I don't have, or when you click maybe, yes, I have phishing security awareness training. And when you click yes, Another question pops up and says, well, how frequently, monthly, quarterly, or annually? And maybe, uh, well, what vendor do you use? So if you answered no, it wouldn't follow up with those next two questions. Um, so, so that's coming as well. That sounds like a much-needed break from the PDS we talked about earlier in the show. Uh, especially yeah. one thing I didn't mention at the time is it's not even the ones you can fill out online. They make you print it out. They make you write it by hand. Yeah. It's like... What kind of world are we living yeah. in? Like, come on, this is 2023. PDF in 2023 is like, ugh. It's, it's like, like hearing using an abacus to do accounting. Yeah, it's like hearing that horrible sound from like dial-up internet. It's like, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. It's exactly what it is. Do you now? I guess question from left field here. Do you see a world where cyber insurance isn't necessary, where it doesn't exist? Do you see a future where that's possible? I've heard some pretty uh, technical security people and even some insurance carrier people say that, that, you know, in the future, the risk is just going to be too big that cyber insurance will cease to exist. It's, you know, carriers aren't going to be profitable. 
they're not going to make any money and they're all just going to stop selling cyber insurance. I don't, I mean, I don't hope to see that future. I don't think that future will happen. Maybe I'm biased because I literally sell cyber insurance for a living. But, um, you know, humans like certainty. And if, if you ask most CFOs or CEOs, I mean, I think Warren Buffett has said and everybody, I mean, what, you know, keeps you up at night or what's the biggest risk your company faces? It's cyber risk, cybersecurity. And, you know, you can be, you know, Fort Knox and have all the best controls in the place in place and have phishing security awareness training. But that, you know, one in 100 chance or that, you know, thing that slips through the crack, someone still clicks on a link, even though they've been trained not to. And even though you have, you know, next gen firewalls and all of these great tools, you want to transfer that that risk. Um, you want a billion dollar insurance company to come in and pay that million dollar claim or hundred thousand dollar claim and, and be an expert at, at paying that claim and, and doing it in a timely manner and getting you back up and running. So. Yeah. Will cyber insurance exist in the future? I hope so. I mean, I think thinking we're so secure that we don't need it is is certainly, uh, you know, rainbows and unicorns. Yeah. Uh, you remind me of a quote that not only I say often, but I've started to hear a lot of folks in, in my industry say is breaches are not a if they are a when scenario now. And so. Yeah. What you should do beforehand is put in place all of the right controls and the right, if it's software or sometimes it's just people doing different things, the right policies uh, mm-hmm. to make sure that when a breach happens or when you suspect it happens, that the impact is small enough to be mitigated properly. Totally. Yeah. Awesome. I, it's actually, I didn't think that's where you were going to go with that question. I thought <laughs> you were going to go into the land of rainbows and unicorns, which is, of course, <laughs> Of course, technology and software are going to catch up and, you know, whatever insecurity, cyber security is going to be a thing of the past. And instead, you're like, nope, risk is going to get so big that nobody's going to want to give us money anymore because it's going to be too much to secure. It's like, oh, wow. I didn't even think of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's and that's a scary world that uh, and maybe and maybe, you know, people who work in homeland security know more than you and I and. We're going back to yeah, our first point of, well, maybe we want cyber insurance to exist in the future, and there should be a federal backstop to make sure that it does. Um, there certainly won't be a federal backstop if there isn't a private cyber insurance marketplace underneath that as the primary risk transfer uh, organization yeah. or, or mechanism. So. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see kind of how how it develops. But it, I mean, regardless, you know, independent insurance agents and MSPs are, are really going to have to step up their game and take on that hat and that role as risk advisor, whether that's, you know, cyber liability or, or IT technical products and hardware and services. There's there's a big blend happening, um, which I think is, you know, the first person to have the, the holy trinity, so to speak, of MSP, uh, insurance distributor, and, and um, you know, I'll say security vendor uh, trifecta will certainly be uh, a special, special company. Yeah, because they can all communicate with each other properly to actually not only give the data back to know 
where the risk actually is, but then have the MSP or the vendor actually step in and begin to mitigate additional risk that the cyber insurance carrier is now aware of. Yeah. And I don't think we have a uh, issue of not having enough data, but being able to pull insights from it and, and collaborate is, is really where I think the magic happens. This was, this was an interesting conversation. Not at all what I thought it was going to be. So what's one last thing you'd love, uh, you'd love our listeners and our viewers to take, take with them about the future of cyber insurance? I'm an optimist. Future is bright. Um, you know, get, get the policy, make sure it's a good one, and uh, keep, keep doing what you're doing. Awesome. Get the policy. Future is bright. Cyber insurance will be here <laughs> to fight another day. And uh, I'll add one more thing onto that. Please, please, please go talk to an expert like, like Brian here or, or anyone else in your, in your local ecosystem. Cyber insurance is, well, cyber and insurance together, you know, those are two subjects that I know very little about and most people are very uncomfortable with. So combining them, I can only imagine, doesn't cancel out, makes it even worse. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, everybody, thank you for listening. I hope you learned a little bit about the future of cyber insurance, where it's going, where it might be going, or maybe it's going to its own grave. We don't know yet. Time will tell. <laughs> and uh, keep uh, listening for next episodes. As, as the world of cyber insurance continues to evolve, I would love to have you back on, Brian. So I'm sure we'll be chatting again real soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Connor. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Once again, I am Connor, CEO at FinSecurity. I am your host, and I was joined today by Brian Mahone, cyber insurance extraordinaire. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about creating high-quality security awareness training campaigns that engage employees and change their habits, then check out FinSecurity at phinsec.io or click the link in our show notes. Thanks for fishing with me. See you next time.